Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. I have a treat for you today. We actually have two guests uh, on our show today, which is a first for the podcast. And I am so excited to have Linda Lautenberg and Judy Schoenberg here today from the company called Evolve Me. And they are doing some amazing things to help women look at their careers and the pivots and changes that they may want to make later in life, or maybe earlier in life if they get the opportunity. So welcome to the show, ladies. So excited to talk to you today. Thanks so much for having us here, Sue. We're really excited for this conversation. Yeah, happy to join you, Sue. Thank you. Of course. Okay, so I would love for you guys to introduce yourselves and how you have come to this place of creating Evolve Me. And I know you both have amazing careers before this. So maybe give us, you know, just a snippet of that so that people can understand where you came from. Sure. Um, hi, this is Judy Schoenberg. I um, and I'm a career pivoter myself. Um, we work with women in midlife who are returning to work and pivoting. And I feel I, I land on the pivoting side. I was a nonprofit executive for 15 years at Girl Scouts in the USA. And I saw uh, a few years ago, well, more than a few years ago at this point, um, I saw uh, 50 coming up on the horizon. And I said, you know, I, I've been here um since I got out of graduate school, I've had an amazing career here, and um, I was the chief research executive um, of the Girl Scout Research Institute. I worked at Girl Scouts in the USA for all that time, and I said, you know, I want a next chapter. I want to leverage the skills that I have in research and program development and speaking and training, and I want to take it out into the world, and I want to I had this. I, I did have this idea of really focusing on women in the in the workplace because um, I had been working with girls, and I didn't want the next generation to have to go through some of the struggles um, that we, as you know, working parents and 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 women, have gone 
through in terms of career advancement and managing other priorities and responsibilities in their lives. So that was something that I had in the back of my mind. Um, anyway, I left, I took a leap um, and I was a freelancer for several years. And then I, you know, I just had a really hard time. I felt really isolated making this um, career change on my own. I would Google things and there's plenty of resources, you know, out there available, but I felt like I needed something different. And um, I knew that the, some of my best decisions in my life have been made with a community of, of other women. And so I stumbled upon a fellowship for women returning to the workforce and social impact um, at a consulting uh, firm. And I did the internship or the fellowship rather, um, almost for research purposes, because I thought I might want to do that work. And um, lucky that I did. Um, do that because that's where I met Linda. She had done the fellowship um, as a career returner right after me. And the woman who was leading it left for a full-time job. And the CEO tapped on Linda and I to rebrand the program um, <clears throat> that we were in. And, and we marketed it and we had a lot of success. Um, we had a big summit in 2019 for women returning to the workforce and social impact with 100 career uh, reentry experts um, and women looking to make a change. And we felt there was great momentum around specifically women in midlife, that there were so many resources for women like coming off of maternity leave to get back into the, to the um, workforce, but very little for women who have had a lot of career success, accomplished women, talented women to make a change in their 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond. And, and that's where we felt like we could make our, our biggest impact. Um, so I'll turn it over to Linda now to tell the rest of the story and, and her background um, and how we complement each other and then how we came to, to found Evolve So thanks, Judy. So yes, as Judy said, um, our backgrounds are quite, um, are very complementary. So Judy came to this work as a career pivoter and um, I came off um, as a career returner. I started my career in the finance industry I went and got an MBA, worked for a number of years on Wall Street, and um, came out of the workforce because um, of a family move out to the suburbs. Um, and my career, just between my career and um, a small child, it just wasn't tenable to continue. So I decided to try taking a break and trying some new things just, you know, on the side as a volunteer, because I had never really honestly intended to go into finance. I took the finance opportunity because it was in New York. And I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but kind of falling into your first career. And so I wanted to explore new things. And so I did a lot of different volunteer opportunities, worked with some really cool nonprofit organizations. But I had three children. And as my oldest was getting ready to go to college, I started panicking that I had left it too long and it was going to be hard to get back into the paid workforce. And I had worked really hard to get where I was before I took a step out. Um, and as the same as Judy, um, I, I thought I should be able to figure this out myself. I'm smart, you know, and I started trying to Google my way back into the workforce and look for what resources were out there. And, and where I was stuck was I just had no idea what was out there, right? I had what was in my immediate surroundings. So I could either work in the nonprofit world that was presented to me, or I could go back to finance. And neither of those was exactly what I wanted to do. And so when I met Judy and started doing this work for the social impact consulting firm, I really found that I had found my calling because having experienced that, I just, both Judy and I didn't want other women to feel stuck like that in midlife with that panic that 
I've left it too late. It's too late for me. Nobody's going to hire me at this point. I don't even know what I'm good at anymore. Um, or I, I don't want to do what I used to do, but what else is there out there for me? And so that's how we created Evolve Me. And we really focus on women that are in that midlife and, and find themselves at some kind of an inflection, either, you know, either returning to the workforce, wanting to make a change, health crisis, a divorce, all those things that kind of, you know, happen in midlife. Well, it's amazing. I mean, both of you have had amazing careers on your own and now just taking the power of you together um, to create this company and make a difference for so many women. I know you're at, I think, your ninth or 10th cohort of women going through this program, and which is amazing all on its own. I am curious, what do you see when women come to you? Like, what do you feel like their biggest challenge is in trying to come back and you mentioned some of your own, but is it a similar experience for others? You know, is it fear? Is it something else that prevents them from, from making this change? Yeah, I could start. Um, so we see a few different things. Um, there's definitely commonalities among women who are making a change, you know, and might be working and also women who've been out of the workforce um, for several years, which is interesting because those are the two kind of segments that Linda and I represent. And we do see a lot of themes across both of those, um, those segments. And so one is, yes, like one is fear. Um, you hit it, um, you hit it on the nail there, um, that, you know, especially if you've been in one industry for a really long time, um, like, like I have, um, where I was, you don't really feel like you can do anything else. So you fear that it's not possible to make a change, especially if you're looking at making a change into a new you know, industry or field. You feel like, you know, you, um, you've also, you've invested so much in one area that, you know, how can you just throw it all away? And you often you fear what other people will say about those decisions. So there's a lot, um, you know, that, that holds women back from even, thinking about trying, you know, to make a change, especially if they've been in one field. Um, the other, you know, one other big thing is, um, you know, confidence. So we work with some of the most talented, accomplished, highly credentialed women who come to us, unfortunately, um, with really low confidence, feeling like um, nobody's going to want me at this age. Like I'm all washed up. Like I don't have, I'm not relevant. It's too late. Why didn't I do this 10 years ago? you know, it's, you know, that they just feel like really low about themselves. And these are some of the brightest women uh, across. Uh, yes, you've mentioned in our reinvention collective, we're up to our ninth cohort we're recruiting for this fall in October. Well, another theme across all the cohorts, it's the most talented women who often have the lowest confidence. So, um, you know, feeling like they can't make a change, that it's not possible. Um, and that's what, you know, working with us in the training really highlights is that it is possible. Um, like if you can't see it, you can't be it. So, you know, Linda and I are the examples of that, but we also um, bring in a lot of other career reinventors um, to show them, you know, that it is that it is indeed possible. And then the last big factor is lack of clarity, not knowing um you know, how to find a new direction, like spinning your wheels for, for years and years. And yes, like, like we did trying to Google things, like maybe, you know, you, you think you have an idea, but you can't really execute it. Or you're feeling like, you know, your networks, you sent out of the workforce, maybe your networks are stale and you can't go back to those people um, to talk about, you know, future directions. So not having clarity or a direction and having no idea how to get it. 
So not having, you know, we say that there's no loser manual for career reinvention in midlife. And that's, you know, that's what we do is, you know, we've created a method for career reinvention because this lack of clarity, not knowing how to start is one of the biggest barriers that we see. And the method that we've created, the DARE method, um, is, is a, you know, a step-by-step process for get, you know, going from like lack of clarity to popping out on the other end and feeling that, that confidence and that, that community um, from going to the experience with a like-minded group. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I think about people, even, you know, my own experience of, you know, leaving craft and, and starting my own business was scary. And do I go back and get another job? Do I, you know, there's all these ideas in your head about what's possible. The, the two things that I think are interesting um, with people I've talked about, I'm curious if you see the same, is it's a bit overwhelming. Um, first of all, there's so many options, especially if you've been at one company for a long time, you don't even know what direction to go. And the second piece, you mentioned confidence. I've also seen a lot of people who may have been at a certain level at their company and don't feel like they are ready to go to the next level because maybe that company didn't make them feel valued. Maybe they don't trust themselves enough to know, hey, I actually have a lot to offer, but they don't feel that way. Are you seeing some of those things as well? Yeah, so much imposter syndrome, like so much of that, that lack of, you know, you we see so many women that are so successful, but their first thought is, you know, yes, but I got here by luck. Yes, but the circumstances favored me. Yes, but, yes, but if they really knew you know, and, and if I go and try something new, everybody's going to find out that this was all a charade before. And, and so we see that mm-hmm. so much. And like Judy said, it's the mm-hmm. more accomplished the woman, the more that imposter syndrome really sits in. And another thing that we find with women, and this is um, in midlife especially, and this yeah. is the visibility podcast. Um, and, and visibility is so, you know, even once you start to get clear on maybe on what you're looking to do and have some of that confidence, it's still really hard for women to just get out there and start standing out, you know? Um, I mean, actually, Judy and I like coined a term um, that's kind of fun that we call it so-so. Instead of FOMO, fear of missing out, it's fear of standing out, right? And it's something that so many women have in spades. And, they, and it's sad because they have so much to offer and nobody's going to know all that value you have to offer if you can't, you know, get out and show it. And, you know, like so often, like what we hear is, you know, if you've been in the same role for a while, like, you know, nobody wants to hear from me because I'm not relevant anymore, right? At a certain age, you're just so sure that everybody that's younger has all the answers and what you have is not relevant or, or my work should just speak for myself. If I keep just keep my head down and work really hard, like I shouldn't have to put it out there because everybody should just see that, right? Like we're all the straight A students, right? Everybody should just see that for ourselves or women are very hesitant to be seen as braggy or it's been so ingrained in us that we should be team players, right? So highlighting the accomplishments of our colleagues and not of ourselves, but, but some some of this. And Judy's got such a long background in in working with women and girls, and so she like knows a lot of the research behind it. But a lot of it is just really ingrained in. Us. Yeah, we have all these messages that have been culturally, socially given to us, um, or you know, from our families, et cetera. And you just believe those, and you don't know any better until someone helps you see the blind spot that you might have for some of these. I also think it's interesting too for someone who's been in a company for a really long time. 
the job market and getting a job has changed tremendously. <laughs> you know, you can't just, um, you know, send a resume to somebody and hope that it gets there. There's a lot more to it, a lot more networking. So I think your FOSO process <laughs> and helping them think about that is such a big piece of that, I would assume. Yeah, that's a really good point because we know that like 80% of new roles are gotten through personal and professional connections. So if women don't feel mm -hmm. confident talking about themselves, talking about their achievements, talking about their career stories to others, it's really going to hold them back from getting those promotions. And if you're, yes, if you're leaving a role that you've been in for, you know, for quite some time or a company to start going out there and start networking. Um, and I think that, you know, one thing that, that holds women back too, is that they, yeah, the feeling like if you're braggy, people won't like you. Right. So like, there's like a connection to like not wanting to speak about your accomplishments because right. That's something women haven't been socialized to do. And there's not a lot of like vocabulary. No one teaches you how to speak about your professional accomplishments, right? It's not part of any training. Nobody teaches you how to market yourself. I mean, that was true. For me, you know, I, I rose up um, the hierarchy, so to speak, you know, after 15 years and I, everything for me was like self-directed. I just was like, oh, there's no role for me for the next promotion. I'm going to create a role. Right. But like, no, I didn't know. I mean, I was just doing that because I knew that I couldn't stay in one role for 10 years and be happy, you know, but, and I, I had support, you know, from my supervisors and that sort of thing. But I think another thing um, is that in the workplace, women need to be talking to each other about this. Like we find that in the workplace, women tend to be more competitive with each other, right? Because there's only so many roles, right? For that executive VP slot or that VP slot or that, you know, that next promotion. And so when women start opening up about feeling more comfortable talking about their wins with each other and collaborating more, you know, and this goes, I think, intergenerationally too, then things, um, I think, start opening up and you realize, as Linda was saying, that everybody has imposter syndrome. Like every, it's not just something that you have, like everybody has, you know, discomfort talking about um, how great they are and how awesome they are. But I think the more that we practice that in a safe way with other women, instead of trying, you know, always competing with other women in the workplace, I think that goes a far a far away to taking that out into the world and starting to network, you know, externally and that sort of thing. I have seen the same things as well. It's it's really fascinating just to see how things have evolved over time and that people struggle with that. I had someone who came to me; she'd been out of the workforce for sixteen years and was panicking to get a get a role, and she'd had a really good role at 3M, and I was like you can do this. You can absolutely do this. So I had her come to my house. We did a little interview practice. It was great. <laughs> so, and she got the job. It was really fun to, to think about how to position the things that she had done. And, you know, that's the other piece. I think people are doing things. You know, Linda, you talked about not maybe working in Wall Street anymore, but you were doing other things, right, that you can apply towards a role. And I don't think people always think about, you know, being on the PTA board or being on, you know, some kind of consulting thing that you did on the side or running some kind of charity event. I mean, all of those things have translatable skills that can be applied into the workforce if you just think about them that way. Oh, 100%. And, and, and I would even double down on that more and say that the skills that I use now with beauty have less than zero to do with the work that I did in my former career, except maybe just a work ethic to work really hard. But other mm -hmm. than that, it, in a lot of it, even motherhood, just 
being a mother and and <laughs> and not in the paid workforce, a lot of the skills I developed there are so useful for the work that I do now. So you that's that's such a smart thing to say. It's you want to look at the totality of everything you do, whether you're working or on career break and across all your roles, volunteering, the, the role you play in your family, and what do people come to you for? And where do you get your flow? Because that all goes into what makes you a valuable contributor and a valuable employee. And also that's what makes people at midlife such rich hires, right? Because we've accumulated all that experience and perspective and wisdom that we have to add on to alongside the hard skills that 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 we bring. Um, and, you know, rather than worrying that it's too late, I'm too old, I'm too outdated, like slip it and think about how much more you have to offer it that's in your life. And then it's just a matter of packaging it and being visible about it and start, you know, cultivating those networks. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. It, it's a challenge for all of us to learn how to do it. But once we figure it out, then we could teach other people, which is what you guys are doing too. So I would love you to give maybe a high level overview of the reinvention collective. Like what, what are some of the things, maybe some topics that you talk about? So if anyone's interested in, in joining that or learning more about it, they would have a, some insight into what you guys talk about there. Sure. Um, I can start. So, um, the Reinvention Collective is Evolve Me's signature training program um, for women in midlife career reinvention. So um, most women are 40 plus, but we've had women um, in their late 30s because we really see it as a stage of life, not necessarily in your age to reinvent your career. Um, it's a 12-week training program that is virtual and self-paced, like or modules that line up to our DARE method, which I mentioned earlier. So our DARE method, it's, there's no, all this talk about confidence and courage. Um, it's not a coincidence that it's called DARE, right? Because you have to have courage, right? And be daring to, to take this, this leap for yourself and invest in yourself. So our DARE method stands for discover, amplify, refresh, and embark. Um, and each, um, we, we have trainings that align up to the DARE method that are all uh, recorded trainings on a learning platform. Um, so you can do it at your own pace. Um, and then you come with us for an hour and a half, uh, once a week um, on a Zoom. So we reach women all across the country and sometimes abroad to collaborate and to um, to look at some of the, you know, the, the concepts in the training and, and take it a step further and go deeper. So some of the topics, um, for example, um, in our discover phase. So um, one of the first, one of the steps that so many women skip, and I think people in general who are trying to make a change or, um, or even, you know, get a promotion where they are is the self-discovery work, the inner work. So start where you are, right? And take stock um, of your strengths, right? What you love to do, your transferable skills. Uh, so you play a big part in this process. Um, and so, you know, we, we get clear on, you know, what strengths you want to leverage into your next chapter through this process, through this inner self-discovery process, which is more fun when you go through it with a cohort of like-minded women. And usually there's about, you know, 12 to 15 women in the group. Um, and then we go on to Amplify, which um, addresses issues like confidence, inner confidence, outer confidence, how do you have presence, um, and then imposter syndrome, and also 
um, we start uh, going into how do you talk about your career story and really position yourself for your next role, for your next move. And we create um, pivot pitches with women so that they are um, equipped to go out in the world and start networking um, and feel confident talking about their skills and accomplishments and how it all uh, connects instead of leaving it up to the person sitting across for them to make assumptions about whether they're qualified or not, you take back control of your story. And this is a very powerful process um, for the women. And then we go into only then do we start looking at the professional portfolio and, and the refresh part of the method, which is looking at um, refreshing your resume, refreshing your LinkedIn, refreshing your um, interviewing skills um, and things like that. And so many women come to us and you know say like, oh, I, my resume needs to be, you know, refreshed or fixed or changed. I don't know how to do that. We're like, well, what do you want to do? And that's where the clarity piece comes in. I don't know. That's why doing your resume and your LinkedIn only comes in the, you know, the, the third part really of the method because you want clarity and confidence before you go into creating a targeted resume, right? For your next move. And then we move on to embarking. The, that's the last phase of the, the method, embarking it into the world and giving women opportunities to mentor and giving them the networking skills and having, having them practice networking skills, which is so key because that does take a lot of practice. And we've had stories of women who've like gone to networking events together and great things have come out of that because you don't want to go at, you know, go at it alone. You have a whole community now um, to go with you. And you also have throughout the process a whole personal board of advisors in each other. So in addition to meeting with us once a week um, on Zoom, we break women up into smaller accountability groups to move through this process together. Um, and it's really amazing to see that these women stay together meeting long after the 12 week is over. And yeah, I mean, it, it's every time it's, it's just so uplifting to see women to start coming into their own and taking new risks and getting out of their comfort zone. And Linda can share a few great um, stories with you, but we've had so much transformation happen, women getting jobs, like in the middle, you know, interviewing, coming up with ideas for businesses and starting to execute them. So it's very hopeful and more than, you know, the method and the process, um, it's really the community of women doing this together in a group-based process. Um, and, and the possibilities, right? Like the, the skill development is one thing, but the past seeing the possibilities open up, as you were saying, especially if you've been in one industry or career is just, um, amazing. And that, that also happens because women are coming, um, and working together across industries. So new ideas start to fire because you're not in your silo, just talking to other lawyers or other marketers. I love that. And I think they're also going to help each other network too, to some extent, right? And provide, you know, maybe contacts or connections that, that could help that person get a job. And I think it's also, I love what you said about the other industries, because I think that is important not to be stuck in your own world and only see one way. And there's other ideas, other ways to do things that you can maybe fast adapt into what you want to do or create. Um, do you have a lot of people going through the program who actually start their own businesses at all, or do they usually go back into companies? So it's a completely, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, so we okay. do have women, it's very industry agnostic, and, and actually we really try to cultivate um, when we, you know, take applications for the collective. We really try to have a very diverse group across industries, across 
you know, social backgrounds across, you know, geographically, because we do find that, you know, if you put, you know, you know, a bunch of people from consumer products, like from craft on the same room, then you all have the shared experience, like you just said. But if you bring lawyers and finance people and, mm-hmm. and marketers together, everybody starts, you have people be able to take a fresh look at your skills, which is not only helpful for thinking outside the box about what possibilities are out there, but also it's such a confidence because so often we take the things that we're good at for granted because that's just what we've always done. And, you know, and, and we expect our spouse or our friends to think we're great. But when you have somebody completely outside that you are so in awe of because they're this accomplished woman and they're so impressed with you, it's like these new just confidence boots, right? And they can start to tell you, oh, have you ever thought of taking your skills and doing this, that, and the other thing? Um, and so, yes, we do have women that go on to launch their own businesses. Some women are so inspired by the, the experience that they decide that they want to do coaching as well. Um, we have some women that, um, some of our favorite stories are women that, and, and this especially happened during the pandemic when people were being furloughed or laid off. It, it gave them that time to think about, you know what? I do want something else out there, but I need five more good years in this industry before I can launch my own business. So we had women <laughs> go through the program, re, you know, get a new position within their same industry, but then in the background, use what they learned in the program to start developing their own business. We've had women that were venture capitalists that were planning a dog training business in the background, or women that are, you know, high-level corporate <laughs> bankers that are, in the background, developing their executive coaching business. So, and that's another way to do it because not everybody can just jump ship and, you know, kind of find themselves for a year because in the end, we're, we're working for, you know, for all kinds of wonderful things. But at the end of the day, we're also looking to make some money. So, um, so we should focus, you know, keep that in mind as well. Yeah, I definitely did that myself. I wasn't going to just jump without... <laughs> a plan. Uh, Although I executed my plan much faster than I thought I was going to, it definitely worked out uh, that I had started that because a lot of people don't. So I think that's really smart. If you are thinking of having your own business, you know, try to start something small in the background and have a little side gig going on and see if you like it. You may not even like it and trying it out before you are really in a place where you have to make money if you still have money coming in just makes it so much easier. Yeah, and the, one of the other things too, and I was actually listening to one of the earlier episodes in your show and in one of your other um, episodes and you were talking about one of Judy and my favorite topics, which is maybe job craft <laughs> within the job you have now. And we do have women that go through our program and they realize that there is still love to find in the company that they're at. They just need the confidence Mm -hmm. to kind of do what Judy did when she was at Girl Scouts of the USA and kind of make their own path within their company. So it's not, it's not always true that you need to leave. You just might need to go through a process to think Think about what's missing. And I loved how you were talking about that in one of the episodes. Okay, so I have a, a really good question for you guys to think about here. What do you want the legacy of Evolve Me to be? That's a great question. Um, we thought about it uh, a little bit. I mean, we caught us at a great time because we're beginning to plan, um, do some strategic um, visioning and planning, you know, for the next phase okay. of our business. We started 
Um, I think to t- think about the legacy, it's often helpful to think about how you started, right? And and kind of, um, so we started right before COVID um, as an in-person company um, in the New York City area at the end of 2019 and quickly became digital. We knew that we would always have a digital component to our company because we wanted to reach more women outside of, you know, the nor- Northeast Um and so we, yeah, we became digital overnight and now we reach women all across the country. I think that, um, you know, I think that we want more women to have the experience of feeling like a change is possible in midlife, whatever that means for them, whether it's leveling up in their current role, starting their own business, figuring out, um, yeah, a side hustle or going back into, you know, more of a conventional role. Like we want them to see that the possibilities are out there for them. So I think some of that is um, being able to to reach more women, to impact more women's lives, like through the reinvention collective training. Um, also, we work with women um, in companies um, as well. So women's ERGs, um, we want to develop more uh, programming, especially around mentorship for women to have the experience cross-generationally um, to really feel like they are supported. And, um, you know, again, like this whole idea of collaborating with each other as opposed to competing with each other in the workplace, um, so that's, a, you know, a big place of our emphasis. I think we want to see that that grow. And I think that, you know, another component of our work is really elevating, you know, the, we, t- we talked a lot about visibility, um, you know, when we first met you and, that is a big um, component of Evolve Me's DNA is that we want to continue to be a platform, an even bigger platform for other women in midlife to share their stories so that they can in- continue to inspire, you know, other women that, that, um, that you know, if, if we do believe if you can't see it, you can't be it. So we, we want to um, share and elevate and highlight the stories of women who have reinvented in midlife, again, whatever that means to them, whatever's meaningful for them personally. And we have, um, we did, we ran a 40 over 40 uh, profile series, um, log series on our website. Um, and we also have a how she did it series to capture um, those reinvention stories. Um, so yeah, we want to continue to, you know, to elevate, um, you know, the, the larger kind of work uh, outside of the Evolve Week community as well um, of women and be part of that conversation. Um, and yeah, I think that we've already felt like we've been successful because we've, you know, imp- impacted so many women's lives. Um, and um, to build off of that success is, is a real gift. It's amazing. I mean, you're both setting a great example. You know, you've both been through what people are trying to go through and have shown what's possible for them. So I love anything to do with possibilities. I think it gives people uh, the ability to look at their dreams that they may have forgotten about or ideas or try to to bring those into their life in a way that they never imagined was even possible for them. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, we're all going to be on this planet for, you know, we're getting closer and closer to being able to assume 100, right? So to think that, you know, that you've done what you could do in your career by the time you're 50 or 55 is just, honestly, it's just silly. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there there is so much more out there. And it's so, like, we really want people to know that there really is not a point that it is until you decide it is that it's too late for you to have a next career chapter and for you to decide what that's going to look like. 
Yeah. I mean, there's so many people who don't even start their companies until they're 50 or start, you know, a new career, right? Exactly. I think the average age is like 45 and an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to have like grown a bit, matured and figure out, you know, who you are and what you want. And at that point, it's like, okay, I'm going to go do this now. So I love that. So if people are interested in, you know, learning more about you guys and learning more about the program, uh, you want to share like how they can find out more? Sure. So um, our website is evolveme.org. And um, we can also share with you in the show notes, in addition to learning more about um, the Reinvention Collective, um, we've got some one-on-one offerings as well. Uh, we have a lot of freebies, a lot of freebies on our website, <laughs> like things to just, you know, kind of, it's summer right now. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but right now it's summer. It's a great time to just take some time to step back and relax. And so we have some great resources there for you to do that inner work and just get the juices flowing whether you decide that you, you know, it inspires you to go, you know, do a cohort program like ours later on or work with a coach like you, Sue, but just, you know, maybe just tip your toe in the water first and just, you know, do some of that thinking. And then our blog is also on our website too. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of value there, a lot of content to help you get, get started. So it's evolvesme.work, W-O-R-K. Love it. Love freebies. Everyone loves a freebie, right? And I, I, I was going to touch on this earlier, but I'm glad you brought it back up. I think it's also the taking time to slow down and reflect. Um, you know, in my process, it's the very first step too. And what was interesting when I taught the class about it was everyone loved that step. And I thought that they would struggle with it. And it's because no one takes the time to slow down and really think about things. So I love that that's part of what you guys really advocate for too in the beginning because it makes such a difference for clarity. So I love that. It does. In fact, we added more weeks to that clarity um, first few sessions because women, exactly what you said, were really enjoying it and wanted the time to dedicate to it because they hadn't had the opportunity um, for that pause, you know, in other times or, you know, who thinks about like, let's sit down and do some (laughs) self-reflection, right? It's... (laughs) Um, so, you know, making, giving people the opportunity in this space to do it is, is very powerful. Um, so yeah, we'll glad that that's true for you too in your work. Yeah. And it's so good to have a partner, whether again, whether it's working with a coach like you or doing a program like ours, because, um, you know, so often, I mean, and I'm the poster child for it. And, and many of us are, we put ourselves at the bottom of our list. So, you know, as long as everything is going along good enough for us and everybody else around us is happy, we'll keep putting our own stuff off, you know, even though we know we want to make a change, we know we want to go back to work. So having that accountability and working with somebody make all the difference in the world. So now we're going to go into what I call the Rise Up and Be Visible Quick Tips. So these are four questions that I ask all the guests when they come on the show. And I know that you've seen them, so I'm interested to see what you guys think about these. So the first one, visibility is, if you could fill in the blank and then tell me why you feel that's your answer. Um, I would say that visibility is owning your own value, owning being comfortable and unapologetic about your own career story, knowing your value, and being excited to share it out with other people so that you can help others. Wow, that's an amazing (laughs) definition. Judy, would you add anything to that? Um, I say, I think visibility is everything, especially for women in midlife. I think that 
some of the most, again, you know, accomplished women are holding themselves back because they don't want to stand out. And once you kind of own your accomplishments and see it as um, being proud of who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, where you can go, instead of being, you know, it's braggy, it, it turns into something like very positive and productive. And also you're serving your, as a role model for other women that it's okay to talk about, um, you know, your accomplishments. And I think that that's what really will help women um, put themselves, you know, back on the map, especially in midlife when there are other forces like ageism and, you know, so forth working against them. That it's And it's mm-hmm. the great news, I think, about visibility is that even though nobody teaches us visibility, it's a muscle that you can grow at any age and stage. So it's not reserved for, you know, the younger generations to be more visible. <laughs> and um, I hope that Linda and I are playing our part in, in being visible um, in our work and involves me and on social media and in all, in all the places to show them, um, to show others that you can be visible and, and a thought leader, you know, in midlife, um, wherever you are in your career. Yeah. I mean, that's the next question. So what are you guys doing to be visible? But I just saw that you are uh, on a new magazine cover. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that and how that happened. Um, so Women's Orderly, um, we had been following them on Instagram for a while. Um, Eileen Farrell, who runs it, has her own amazing, amazing story. Um, and and that magazine is all about, you know, um, lifting up other women, um, and, and highlighting all the amazing things that women do in their careers. And, um, and so, um, when they, they run every, is it every quarter or every year? Every quarter. They run, they run a contest, um, that you can apply for to be on the cover. And so being focused on our own visibility, um, and realizing that if we make ourselves visible, then we're making the women that we help visible. Um, yeah, we applied for it and we could, we were so excited that, that we won. And what was especially cool about that cover is that even just in the cover, we helped elevate the visibility of one of our colleagues because in, in our reinvention collective program, we bring in guest experts in, in nearly every training. And one of our guest experts is a professional mm. photographer for women 40 plus and a visibility expert. <gasps> and she did our photography for the cover. And oh, then lovely. she was able to get her own highlight piece in the magazine as well. And so in lifting ourselves up and, and the work that we do, and then in, in putting it out there, then we were also able to make more women aware of the great work that women's work. So it's, uh, it's, it's a it's a little bit of a giving circle. It's like a win win win, <laughs> all wow. the way around. Okay, and then what is some of the best leadership or career advice that you've received for yourselves, each of you? Um, I guess for me, I would say um, don't give up. Um, be you know, I think that um, be persistent. And, you know, some people say, like, don't ever take no for an answer. Um, it kind of it goes along those lines, I think, just in terms of being your own um, self-advocate. I mean, I talked earlier on in the podcast, so I, I mean, just even reflecting on it now in this conversation, I was like, oh, yeah, like, even when I was, you know, newer to the job, newer to the role, I was like, I, see, I don't see a path for myself here, so I'm going to make it, and I'm not going to 
take no for an answer. You know, I had a supervisor that said, what's wrong? I stayed in this role with this title for eight years. Why isn't it good enough for you? And I was like, because I have different goals, maybe, than you do. And these are my goals. And, I'm, you know, I didn't give up and, um, you know, and, and, and take, you know, his, his first response was, you know, it was like a warm no. Um, but I, I pushed through and I made a case <laughs> for why um, this was right for me. And, and kind of, you know, that's it's always, I think, how I've gotten to the next level is like, I, I do practice what we preach. Like I do some of that um, self-reflection. Um, you know, I try to do it on, you know, and I would say regular basis, but like I, every time I'm making a change, I do think about like, what do I want? What are my goals? What are my intentions? I was just advising somebody actually yesterday in, in our, um, that came through a collective and was trying to decide whether to take an, um, this new role or not. And, and I was like, you know, you just think about what you want out of the role, right? Like, you know, don't give up on your hopes for moving into this other area. Like you can take away certain things from the role, even though it's, it's prescribed for you in this way, think about what you want out of it and, and keep going for it. And I think that you know, kind of keep going for it. Don't give up persistence. That is, and you might resonate with this soon too, like to be an entrepreneur, that has to be like, you have to do that like at the thousands like level and keep on, keep on keeping <laughs> on. And I think what yes. grounds me now is knowing that we have a purpose, like that we own in, in, in our business. And the purpose is impacting more women's lives. And like when the going gets tough, like that's what I think about. I come back to like, you never know who you're going to impact. Like you never even know was that like one social media post or I had this great example. I was with old friends a few weeks ago and um, my friend told me, she was like, I saw you in that magazine. Like you were on the cover of that magazine um, with your partner. She's like, do you know that I like saved screenshots in my phone of you guys on the cover. And I look, look at it for like inspiration because she's trying to make a change now too. So when I hear stories like that, I'm like, I can't give up because more women, you know, need this. So that's what, um, um, for me, and I think this especially, um, comes in, well, it comes in with everything, but especially I think you can appreciate as an entrepreneur, everything can be figured out. Like, and I, that's, that's, um, you know, I think it's especially something I really learned just motherhood or through just trying new roles in different volunteer organizations, you know, saying yes, just raising my hand first, saying, yes, I can do that. And then just knowing in the background, I'll figure it out. Right. And, and over and over again, um, you know, just not to be daunted because you're not sure about how to do something and just have the confidence that you can figure it out. And that is where Google is your best friend. So, you know, say that's first, figure it out after. And every time you do that, it's such a confidence boost. It helps expand your skills. It, it makes you a continuous learner, which is one of the things that employers are looking for out there so much. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. Okay, and a book that you would recommend? Um, we are loving um, My What If Year by Alicia fernandez Miranda. Um, she did something really creative, which is she took a year off to explore her passions and, and dreams that she let go of in childhood and adolescence. Um, and she took internships at various places that 
were aligned with her passion. So she like worked um, as at an inn and she worked as a fitness instructor at a dance studio. She worked on Broadway. It was really, really interesting just to see um, and, and, you know, that she kind of left her, her, her life behind, um, her consulting. She had like a really, um, high powered consulting role. She had her own company and she kind of left it behind to explore, right. And to be in this exploratory discovery mode and to see what came out of it. And, um, it's, it's, you know, this whole idea of like, it's, it's not too late to give up on, you know, your dreams. Uh, they're, they're always, they're waiting for you, right? It's your take initiative and, and you can make something of them. So she chronicled her story for those of us who maybe are not as brave to, to take, uh, to take a year out of our life to do that. But I definitely live vicariously through her. Um, she's wonderful. And, um, she, she has a podcast, um, about um, you know, don't give up your your day job, um, and she also is coming out with a new um, exciting podcast that uh, a new venture um, that Linda and I are going to be a part of too. Um, so we're excited about that. That's so awesome! Yay! I love women collaborating together and helping and supporting each other. That's amazing. Well, thanks for that recommendation. I have not heard of that, and I will definitely pick it up. And I know the audience will love that uh, idea as well, because if you can see what others have done, maybe it gives a new idea for them as well, which I love. That's the idea also be behind our How She Did a Vlog deal. It's it's that you can't see it, you can't be it. When I, when I was thinking of returning to workforce, I listened to a lot of podcasts about women who had returned to workforce, and I just wanted to hear, how did they do it? What did they go back to? What was their background? Because more and more you hear it and you start to build you, you, yeah, you need role models to, to see the example as possible, for sure. Well, thank you both for being here. Thanks for the great things you're doing in the world to help women navigate the new career pivot that they might want or just to see what's possible for them to do later if that's what they so choose to do. I really love that. Um, so shout out to Denise Kleppe for uh, introducing us. And uh, I love Denise. And so thanks for that. And uh, anything I can do to help and support you guys, please just let me know. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for your success and love to see what you guys are doing. And we're excited to share this podcast with our community because um, you know, the more resources the better and we want what you're doing and your focus on visibility. To grow that space for everybody. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.